0: Let's Talk About You with Camilla Francis is a talk show in which we talk about, well, you. The things you care about, whether it's money, kids, your health, career, or anything you thought was just too embarrassing to say out loud, nothing is off the table here. Tune in and let's talk about you. Welcome, welcome everybody to today's episode of Let's Talk About You. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Can you believe it's that time of the year already? We have arrived to the month of December. This is a time of year where we create memories, where we reflect on things that we've done in the past, where we try to bring it back into fruition. We try things new. And today we'll be talking about our old local traditions. And who better than a person that was educated right here in our own public schools? a 1967 graduate of Charlotte Amalie High School, a 1972 graduate of the College of the Virgin Islands, and 1972 was a great year. Why? That was the year I was born. <laughs> also, he was a Calypsonian, a Calypsonian, um, one of the, co-ho- the co-founders of the Challenge Carls, um, Voices of Love, Part of the Virgin Islands Council of Arts. He was also one of the directors of the Department of Education's Division of Cultural Education, a storyteller, editor, a playwright, a a songbird. Who am I talking about? No other than Glenn Quabina Davis.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. As you say welcome, I'm reminded of one of the songs that Voices of Love recorded, one of my originals. Uh, we bring joy to each other. We bring joy to many sisters and brothers. To bring heart's contentment. And shatter resentment that each day we live is well spent. Are we welcome? Are we welcome? From this day through next year, we bring joy all year long with our song to make weak hearts more strong. We shall bring satisfaction not by hollow words, but by action.
0: I tell you, this is going to be a fabulous, fabulous (laughs) let's talk about you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Tell us. Why did you get into music and the arts and all the blessings that you do, everything that you bring to us, the people of the Virgin Islands?
1: My mother, C. Agatha Davis, Caroline Agatha Davis, she came to St. Thomas around 1912 for the first time. She was from King Garden, Beto, In my growing up years, She sang everything on the radio. And the fact that I learned to harmonize because of her. She always stressed the importance of learning about the culture where you are born. And always know about it, treat it with respect. And it was from her that I developed this passion for culture, for singing. She taught me the rudiments of guitar playing. And then my mentor, Eugen Fredericks, is who perfected my skill and taught me how to compose. That's uh, with with the song you just heard. That was a song I composed out of the West African traditional style. It almost sung waltz-like. But when you hear the drum rhythm behind it, you 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 would see hear the beauty of it. And I had the voices of love recorded, and um, regrettably we are unable to play that now. But for those who might be interested, you could always call me and get, you know, a copy of the recording itself. But it was my mother who was my first real influence. And it was from there I would question people and talk to people about our history. And then the great Dr. Lesmore Emmanuel, he was the one when he uh, taught at Charlotte Amalia High School in the 60s and started to teach us about our African past from the African perspective. That was such a delightful experience for me that when we fought and got him to come back to St. Thomas and be a part of the College of the Virgin Islands. He impressed upon us the importance of our culture. And when you consider the various elements so of you culture, see, we uh, adapt, you know, or, or include within our culture because it's a dynamic process, those things. But yes, it was my mother and people like you, can Fredericks, Dr. Lesmo Emmanuel, who got me involved in our culture and our traditions.
0: That is wonderful, because it is so important. Because in order for us to know where we're going, we need to know where we're from, correct? Oh, my And you are such a facet of knowledge and passion. So I know there's the foods, and there's the music, and then there's the drinks and the recipes. I want to go back to the stories. I first met you when I was a child and, you know, you traveled wow. throughout different schools and you're talking about the different stories. And I remember the Bernancie story. So initially when I heard that story, I thought it was about a spider, the anansi the spider. But when you told it, I became so fearful. It was a man. <laughs> a man with legs.
1: How is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but I, you know, I could appreciate what you, what you just said there. But I had a very strange experience one time. This lady, um, she saw me one day um, in traffic and asked me to pull to the side. So when I pulled off by the bus stop there by Niski Center, well, she said, Kwabina, I have a grandson. And this boy used to suck his finger. And from the time you would tell a story. Uh, he, I can't get him to sleep at night. And so what I want to do, I said, but do you remember the message of the story? The whole thing was about encouraging children not to suck the finger. So apparently one day, I was telling a story on TV, and the grandson said, that's the man day, that's the man day, that's the Jumbi man day. I don't want to see him. And So, so she said strangest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, because, you know, um, I have to bring you in front of my grandson and boss you to cough so that he could see that you are people like me. But I said, but that's unnecessary and that's silly. I said, I'm going to have to cough you back. I said, that is no way to settle. Your child have a problem with sucking his finger. All you have to do is use the moral of the story to encourage him to stop. Why you got to assault me? Oh, I didn't think about it that way. True, because most of the times, those stories
0: were to encourage fair, not necessarily to stop what you need to do to promote
1: positive behavior. Yeah, you see, Yes, that, that's precisely it. The whole thing of behavior modification, that was one of the things it did. It also helped to shape our values, of manners, respect, cooperation, Negotiating between people, you know, and things like that. That's what they are. Um, the stories were meant to do. It gave people hope, you know. It 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 showed people that they can overcome um, problems, issues. It helped them to find unique ways of solving problems. So there were so many uses for the stories. You didn't have too many of the. Um, of the once upon a time, and they happily live after, after a poor person meet a wealthy person or royalty, and they fall in love and they get married and live happily ever after. And that's, that's one type of hope. But that was not what our stories were meant to do. It encouraged all the things that I just shared with you in terms of our values and helped people to get along and to be a part of yeah. And, um, you know, so many stories are going through my mind right now as we speak of those you're,
0: a, you're an impromptu storyteller so before we leave her today we're gonna get a snippet of something Some oh, okay. in, are you are, are you published? No. Not as yet, yet. Yeah, exactly not as yet. You have to be you definitely have to be. Got to work. Do you you know you're you're so influential. And I know that why you started doing this because of your parents. And I know there's storytelling and there's music because of your mother. Talk about the foods. Tell us about some of the recipes. I know you mentioned the goat head soup. <laughs> we, we oh, but well, well, let's
1: look at it from from you know just we can tighten it up with just the Christmas um, perspective. Okay? Yes, definitely
0: the Christmas perspective.
1: Yes. Yes. Because um, you know, we are so familiar with just the ordinary, uh, let's say the tarts, for instance. Coconut, pineapple, guava, guava berry. But one of the things I have encouraged our students to do when I was teaching at Ken High School, a cultural education class, and even in my Virgin Islands history class, because they had to understand not only our local foods, but, because of the variety of people we had from different islands, they sometimes, we would have a little in-class fair where the students had to come in with a food from their island and explain the recipe, and then it would be shared with everyone. And it was a means of also encouraging folks to get along and not just lay, allow the simple-minded um, distractions of, um, uh, of, of disunity and unnecessary contempt. I knew it was amazing how the young people got along so well. But looking at Christmas, there's more thoughts you can do it than that. Like my wife came out one day and she taught the children how to stew the gooseberry and take out the... Um, the, the seeds, the regular was Indian cherry, um, the um, the carambola was star fruit, you know, and, and, and a lot of other things that you could, papaya, you could make tarts from. So um,
0: you're saying the star fruit that we know just as the star apple, you, you make tarts out of that because I know yes. the guava and the, the gooseberry and the coconut and the pineapple. Oh, you're
1: familiar with gooseberry too because Okay, yeah, because... I've
0: never heard about the star fruit. Tell us about it. Continue, continue.
1: Yeah, well, that's just a matter of, again, you're slicing the fruits, you're stewing them, and you have the regular tart crust, and you, you fill it appropriately with that. And just the way you set up your tart, the same way you do it. Bake it, and you have an excellent tart as well. Have an excellent tart. And like I said, there are a lot of fruits around here that we take for granted that you can turn into uh, tarts for the island. And then we also have our sweet bread, right? Which, of course, you use a lot of the various dried fruits. Um, And in making that, you know, you must have the guava berry liqueur. You know, uh, some people would add some um, cherry herring to give it you know, a little bit of a boost, and which is different from the native fruit cake. You see, which Jesus would be cherry from. heron. Is that what you said? Right. This it's referred to now as pita heron. It's a Danish liqueur that is made from um, cherry. It yeah. is it is you don't see much of it now unless you go to like AH Reese. And I think you may find it in places like um Korsules. But it was um, it's a product of Denmark that they would add to the sweet bread or the um or the fruit cake, you know. And then of course we have our our local drink. It is I guess it is worldwide because you have like coquito out of Puerto Rico that is very popular now in our islands. Uh, but we had one called Kajal. You may know the more popular name as eggnog. Right? And yes. with the Kajal, you can supplement the taste with things like malt. Some people would use brandy. Others would use a milk stout. You know, to uh, to boost the flavor. You see? But, but the basic um, Kajal uh, was what you know some people refer to as the eggnog and it's a very interesting process where you have to use uh, some people would use boiling water to beat the, um, the eggs and others once they have prepared it they put a little heat under it to take out any um, bacteria that the eggs may have carried and I, I recall a lady Miss um, Marjorie Fleming she's passed now and she was Excellent with that. But there's Catherine lockhart Mills. She makes a superb cordial, you know, and, um, and like I said, now a lot of it has been replaced with the Coquito, uh, you know, that, you know, everybody. Well,
0: replaced oh, just uh, just a, an addition. So just like how you said, they brought in the arroz compoio here, we, you know,
1: from different places. They brought in the, they brought, yeah. But with the arroz compoio, yeah, but with the arroscumpo, remember they only brought in the name now. Oh, okay. That's the name. You okay. see? Now the dish, because that was here long before we started using the word arose You mm. See? Because um what is very interesting, I remember back in the early 70s when we had the very first Black History Week at the College of the Virgin Islands. Um there were some Peace Corps folks who were from West Africa. Out at where you have uh, uh, um, Milliner School now. The Milliner-Bowski right. the Bowski, the School now. Uh, that's where the Peace Corps was set up. Right. And they, we invited them to a dinner um, that we were going to have at the end of the week and they requested that they be allowed to cook some of the food and a lot of it was very similar but the very unique thing that really caught our attention was their fish and rice oh. and they used grouper and they made the fish and rice exactly how we do our bonito head and rice and the other And the chicken and rice and everything. Because there's a basic sauce that you add the rice to. Your basic sauce, you put in whatever the meat is, the flesh is. And then you add the rice and you cook it down, you know, properly. And it was identical to what they did. And we suspected that's where it came from and spread throughout the Western Hemisphere.
0: So these recipes, were they known for the Christmas
1: season as well? Well, for instance, well, they, um, what was one of them? we well, ham for sure when you're talking Christmas. You know, how later on, talkie came in, you see, because talking wasn't that, I mean, in my growing up years, was not as popular, and I talking about back in the 50s and things like that, that was very special as Thanksgiving began to, uh, you know, to take hold and even, you know, um, slightly before that. But when you talk about the sweet bread, the tart, the guava berry liqueur, some people prefer the guava berry rum, which had very little syrup in it. That was something like a guanzine, because you didn't, uh, young people didn't uh, venture out with that too much, you That's know. A nice well, a gianzine is really a harsh liqueur, a harsh liquor, a harsh rum. When you hear a or a it's a harsh rum. You know, anything like 100 proof, 150 proof, and them kind of thing, you know. So a lot of people, they would make the, the guava berry rum from just the guava berry. You have some cane stuck in it, some prunes, you know, and different things. Very little syrup in it, you know. Because you almost, like, when you take a hit of that, and if you light a match and you exhale, you could almost, uh, see an explosion, that's how strong it was. You know, that's a blueberry rum, you see? But the liqueur, of course, was the more gentler version. You had anisette and anisau. The anisette was, again, the anise based light liqueur. But the anisau now, that's the one that had in the gin, the rum, and you soak the anise seeds in it for months. You add um, certain types of um, roots into it as well. And um, boy, when you pop the cork after like four months, you know, it's always <laughs> You know, it's those great. Foods
0: that you would put in it are those
1: seasoning and spices. And those spices and things you would put in it. Okay. You would make sure you have some. Uh, you see a lot of what you put even in the liqueur, like some people would put in, like for instance, a little bit of clove, nutmeg, cinnamon, you know, and spice it up sometimes with a little bit of vanilla essence, you know, to um in the liqueur. But a lot of those spices you they would also add to the aniseau. Some people didn't add it. They didn't add much of the spices. But it was a strong, you know, anise flavor. If you have had perinol, um, it's in a green bottle. It's, um, it's kind of yellow. When you pour it, if you pour it on ice, it becomes a more cloudy yellow. And some people, uh, there is, but it's, it's much stronger than that. And that perinol is pretty strong. P-E-R-N-O-D, it's a okay. French product, the D is silent,
0: okay. you know,
1: okay. and, um, and then of course, you know, when you go to people's home, I mean, and this is where the, the caroling tradition in our okay. islands is, is so important, so yeah, that's, that's, go yeah. ahead.
0: Let's talk about the, the Caroline traditions, Voices of Love. I've been to homes where you and the group come in and you serenade and you sing songs. I've been to different um, senior homes where we've seen you perform. I know that you guys also go to the BVI to perform on Christmas Day. That's right. That
1: is correct. And um, I remember, uh, I'll just slip from one and then go back to the other. Of course. give my was a dear friend of mine. I used to go up there and hang out and spend a lot of time with those guys by what they call Sunday morning, well-in-road tongue. And he heard about what I was doing in the early 80s, and he invited me up. He asked me to please bring up the choir, and he's going to take us around. And he would take us to homes, to Carol. And the one of the difference in the BVI, when we went up there to Carol, the homes did two very generous things. They had a heavy helping of food, pastries, and drinks. Uh, there were some families would be outdoing each other. I remember one time his brother, I think it was Roger. He outdid everybody in Tatola that year. He had like a seven course meal for us after we finished performing. He had lobster, Wilkes, conch, stew mutton, fried fish. He had steamed fish. He had um, um, corn pork, corned fish. I mean, it was unlimited. We could not put a dent in the food that he had, plus the sides that went with it. He had something like 14 chafing pans of food. And the drinks, I mean, it was amazing. And that was just one. And then some homes you go to. We went to a home one time where the lady was baking when we came. We sang for about 45 minutes. And then she invited us in and we ate so much tart and we had you know a variety of drinks she had. but of course there are a few of us who like to sample the different guava berries to the different homes that we go to. So at the end of it all you know we tell the "This tart is so nice. you know that. A couple of us offered to buy a plate. The lady said, no, i bake this for you. Go with what you want. Well, you want to see man scrambling for plate attack? Well, it was over 25, of all, no, about 25 of us. And each person, you know, we kind. Of, some of us had to feel a little bad. But we could share. She said, no, 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 I'm going to bake in a little while again. I just was waiting for you. Because Here is my Christmas. And you know, you go to various homes and the two things they did, they feed you well, they gave you a lot of drinks on the one side, and then they gave you a cash contribution. And that cash, cash contribution generally went to the safari driver. And it would be anywhere from $10 to $150 we would get the home. Now, some people, when we left, you know, we were here. You know, Algie would um, stay back and is talking to the people while we're getting on the safari. And I said, well, that gentleman didn't look happy when we left. He said, that's because he said, his Christmas is now over. When we came and we left, he said, that was his Christmas. Because he so loved the caroling tradition. And in the BVI, they don't call them choirs. They call them bands. You know, So you have choirs that went back to the 1920s when we have gone up there to sing. And those choirs are still around. Like the great Britain Unity Band. And then you have one that's at least uh, 75 years old called uh, the Happily Fam- Happy Family Band from in Garden Bay. It's a lot of those nice traditional choirs that you have up there. But now here and in St. Thomas and I could speak mostly for St. Thomas because here it goes all the way back to the 1800s when folks like uh, I think it was Luther Robles and them, they would have choirs um, way back in 1892 that would be celebrating a jubilee. So, whether it was a silver or golden jubilee, we were never able to get it straight. But you would have the Caroling tradition, very similar, where people go to the homes and they would, you know, sing to their heart's content. And when the folks open up, they would be um, generally one of the, I think like one of the general rules was. There was someone, and you would find this in the BVI too, they would they have a basket, they would collect the stuff. And at the end of the caroling, then they would distribute among everyone. And then my mother always used to tell me that there was a tradition called echo caroling. And in those days, you didn't have a lot of, of uh, uh, cars, and a lot of noise in the 40th morning. And before the sunrise, you would have two choirs on separate hills, like over in Savannah, one mm-hmm. over by Frenchman Hill, the other one over by Firebun Hill or something. And they would be singing to each other. And so the folks down in the valley hearing the choirs answering each other. By of wow. earth, was a beautiful song that went down into the valley that the people uh, appreciated, and the voices of love would try to do, you know, things like that during the challenge of carols, but with a kind of noise and traffic, we would do it between the Liberty Bell and the David Monsanto band stand, okay. so Emancipation Garden, so that people will get the the value of it. The Mary Carollers, Dorothy Elscoe's choir, used to do a wonderful job of it from Government Hill, but in grand, right down to Grand Hotel Square, one portion of the choir up above, the other one down in Grand Hotel Square, right in front of the post office. And you would be on the long wallow in the middle, so you could hear the beauty of it. We have even done it from by Government House, um, a group is up there, and then another group. A portion of the group is done by Edith, Bourne and the Council on the Arts, you yeah. know, area. And so you would hear that. And my mother kept, you know, telling me about this. And one day I got together with Dorothy Elsko and Vaughn Finch. I said, "Man, look, let's revive this thing, man. And we're gonna call it the Challenger Carols, because a lot of the groups used to converge." On Emancipation Garden, and that's where they would douse their banner at each other and challenge them to songs, and that would go on for hours. I know I've been there. It's fun.
0: Sing us something. Just strike up. Because do you have a name for your guitar? A name? No, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> well, play us something you got me so excited
1: talking about,
0: Carolyn. You have your
1: guitar. Play us a little snippet or something. Well, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna go with the one that is that is a Virgin Island staple. Okay. Mama bake a jambalaya, Christmas coming. Mama bake your Christmas coming. Christmas coming, New Year coming. Christmas coming, and New Year coming. Mama bake your Christmas. Coming. Mama, make your Janiky Christmas coming. If you want to be merry, drink guava Berry. And if you get jitters, drink Crucian bitters. Mama, make your Janiky Christmas coming. Mama, make your Janiki Christmas coming. That was
0: wonderful. Thank you. And when you're talking about drinks, let's talk about drinks, because I have one of your drinks right here. Oh. <laughs> this is the Famous Mabi by Corbina Davis. Tell us oh, about my. it. I don't want to give your secret recipe, but just tell us about this drink here. So you talk, oh. I drink.
1: <laughs> Boy, I wish my daughter was here now, because she is the one who has been making or doing the Marby now, because guess what? She was broke in me. So I had to find a way for her to make money. So I See, taught her the not, recipe.
0: Now you have a, an apprentice. Call her your apprentice. But
1: <laughs> well, she was for a while. But all the money that is made, she keeps that. She don't share with me. <laughs> but um, and the Mabi recipe, you know, and she does workshops where, um, you know, cause most people, Generally, we we'll do where they mix everything together, but she prefers to put like the marby bark, the spices, the orange peel in one pot and boil that for maybe an hour or so. And then in a separate pot, she steep the rosemary, the mm-hmm. sweet margin and the ginger. And then what she does is to get a balance of flavor. She pours in some of each and when she gets the proper bitter spice balance, then she adds the two sugars. She adds the white sugar to do a basic sweetening and then she adds the brown sugar for color and flavor. See? So, the brown,
0: so the brown sugar is mainly for the color?
1: No, she, well, well, that's where you get yeah, even though you get some color from the brew and the steep items, the brown sugar itself adds to the um, to the golden color. See, but the nice basic molasses flavor and that kind of seeps yeah. through. That's it. Oh yes, yeah. Could yeah, you really look like you like that one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Miss, anybody could call Shandis when they want Mabi. Just make sure you give her. Two days' notice.
0: Okay, well, this is good. This uh, is very good.
1: And I'll tell you, you, could call her at 340 7207. And
0: you're putting you. your order with her. Yes. Yeah. So, but, yes, uh, so, with all this wealth of information and the stories that you, you have and you tell, how. Are you keeping it alive? How are you keeping it going? Do you do this all yourself? I mean, other than your daughter cooking, I mean, making the drinks
1: and your wife baking? No, well, you see, we do a lot of workshops because from when I was teaching at Ken High School, like I said, the children had to learn to make drinks and not just the ordinary traditional drinks because they had to learn to make drinks from the star fruit, from the local plum, from the palms ater, from um, from the local West Indian cherry, you know just about any fruit we have around here. The sugar apple, because many people are familiar with this, our sap drink, but the sugar apple makes a delectable drink as well. You see, any, any one of those. I haven't had a Pozens. sugar apple. Thousands <laughs> of drink you can make, you know, from the local food. So not only from when I was teaching at Ken High School, but there are workshops we've conducted. I'm sure you might have heard of the Committee to Revive Our Culture that Dorothy Elsko started. She used to have a cultural fair every year, at least several fairs per year. And at those fairs, we would have people come, teaching how to make the local necklaces, making the local drinks, doing dumb bread, in the coal pot, you, I mean, in, in the iron pot, using the coal pot and tinning on top of it, you know, all kinds of things. But community to revive our culture through them. They used to have a lovely summer program where they taught all these things. And personally, myself, working with cultural education, when I was a director there, we used to bring out a lot of the tradition bearers in St. Thomas, St. John, and St. Croix. They would come out. We paid them to do it, you know, and we paid them well because we wanted to make sure that, that, that they were not only compensated, but they understand that there's a value to what they do. Because I recall, and I always like to remind people of this, when I used to do storytelling in the early 80s, there was a guy... He was the manager, I think it was Jimmy Smith, I think was his name. He was at WTJX. He asked me to come and do storytelling because I was having this workshop. There was an American Indian that was coming down to do storytelling. So I told him, okay, I'll do it for $150. He was like, what? We can't pay you that kind of money. But he was paying the American Indian his trip to the islands, hotel room and board, ground transportation, and $1,800. They couldn't pay me $150. So I refused to participate. You know? and, but I continue to conduct workshops, you know, different youth organizations have called me and I tell them I will come and I will tell stories. But based on the age of the children, they have to go through a workshop. And they have gone through workshops. As a matter of fact, one year, the Methodist um, uh, uh, outreach. outreach, yes, they had me come there and I did a workshop And you know, five of the students, I think it was, went to Trinidad for a Methodist youth symposium. And they were a highlight there as storytellers. (laughs) You know? Yeah.
0: I I have no
1: doubt. Yeah, a few of my tellers, one out in California, uh, what's his name? Alden? Or is it Lyndon? I think it's Lyndon. And because they are twins, and I get them confused all the time. Uh, he not only tells stories, however, he teaches. Uh, I've had students in the States, Johanse Henley, who worked at cultural education for a while, and left, he is now um, working on his master's degree in the States, in Arizona. And I have, um, I still have young people here, like uh, Kai uh, Bless Bully. He does some storytelling. Sharna Williams, she does. I had a Lee young man. His last name is Lee. Um, and now I'm trying to recruit a young fellow. Rahul, but I can't seem to catch up with him. But he expressed an interest. And there's money in storytelling. So I try to to do that. But whatever Whatever I do, I try to conduct workshops. Because I have must have had at least 300 workshops that I've held. But regrettably, a lot of the young people, they uh, feel for some reason that isn't for them. They're more interested in rap and rap music and, you know, everything Yankee. So this is the damage that continues to be done to our way of life because um, even the adults feel that everything Yankee is it as the end thing?
0: Well, I I say that that's a twofold because it it just depends on your exposure and um, what is brought to light and what is highlighted based on what's in at that time. But we can do, we do need to do better with bringing um, information and awareness about our culture and traditions and things that of uh, the past and how great it is to know that and to keep doing those things because making drinks, I don't know how to make the drinks or bake up tart. You, or see, all that
1: fun, because, you see, the reason I said what I did is I'm talking about people my age. I'm 71. okay, And a lot of the people my age, their parents did not, um, were not, I mean, they just felt that a lot of things Virgin Islands was not really in, and so they never really pushed it and promoted it, you know, among their children, my age, and so they, my contemporaries, a lot of them, they did not um, see that value in pushing it onto their children,
0: and but it I- spilled over into the music understand that and I think as I said a lot of it has to deal with because we wanted more for our kids unfortunately there was a lacking in the mindset to feel that if you do more Virgin Islands you won't be exposed to certain things so it's a a mindset and their mindset thought that everything else that was more than the Virgin Islands would make you more knowledgeable more aware they lost something along the way so we I hope open mindset We will appreciate we can have balance And have
1: both I hope I, people are listening to you <laughs> I hope so because too Because that is of tremendous value Because you know I remember um, not too long ago I had a conversation with some folks They were You know They were in, in some setting that we had Well one of the ladies She must have been about 40 You know what she said I don't cook My mother does do the cooking. I don't need to learn to cook. Forgetting that no one lives forever. And you have children, you see, who will need to be independent in terms of things like that, you know? So it's so important. I hope they are listening to you.
0: Yes, I hope so too. (laughs) It'll still be playing on Facebook, so if they don't hear the live, they can definitely the replay we value you because you're such a staple you're such the essence the root the herb you know the clove the spices (laughs) of our our islands i'm serious i'm not just saying it because of all the great things that you do but i'm saying it because of all the great things that you do i wish i was your boss i would have given you a raise We need this. We need this. I was so excited. I mean, I like a kid in the cat store that you said yes and what you were going to talk about. And I was reflecting on growing up and hearing all those stories and the things that you've done. And I was hanging on, you know, the um, old wife's tale, the scary stories. Yes, you even gave me nightmares. So I'm one of those children. Did
1: You'll see her again. It helps to shape the person um, because, because remember, again, just like so many, even like our superstitions, yes. they have a role play in our cultural traditions. But, um, but, but going back to like the challenge of carols, I remember when Vernon Finch, Darius St. and I finally decided, man, we are going to do it in 1977. They actually kicked off the first challenge of carols. Vernon Finch's group was a party hardy carolers. And that's his group was the merry carolers. And it actually kicked off over on the other side of Garden Street. We're going up the street by the Colbert home. And Dr. Colbert, his home. Uh, I couldn't get my choir together that year. But by the next year, I had a choir and it, it started there in Eman- and then the second year was Emancipation Garden and it has been there ever since. I mean, there were some businesses who asked us to, um, to make it a, a competition and they would donate money for prizes, but we told them, no way. Said, if you want to see this die, you turn it into a competition. And we will not do that. And people wonder, well, how, why do you give prizes every year? I say, well, what we do is we observe many of the choirs and in the community. And if there's a choir, for instance, who, like a youth choir, who doesn't just sing in the school on the day of their concert, but they go out and do things in the community. They get the Esther Marks Award, and then there's an adult choir who also go out there and do specific things in addition to the Carolyn. They would get the Luther Robles Award, uh, you know, or or, or the Alec Lloyd Award, and one of the special awards. But they have to be out there, contributing, uh, bringing. Value to the spirit of the season, contributing in some way. So it isn't about who sung the best in Emancipation Garden, but it is who is contributing to promoting to the spirit of the season. zian and go ahead. We do have a question. Um, one of our viewers
0: wants to know what is what are some of the ideas that you have to preserve the Virgin Islands culture?
1: Well, One of the things I believe we need to do, like right now, the Division of Cultural Education has become so dormant. There is a place with such tremendous resources. I understand from the commissioner that they are are, uh, going in a different course or something to that effect. I don't know what that means, but I guess in time, it will come to light but unless you use the division of cultural education to bring it, to use the resources that is there, bring it to the schools, you see? um, We also need cultural education and what was called the Cultural Heritage Institute. That needs to be brought back, provided the financial resources so that tradition bearers can conduct workshops and that was a beautiful site there where a good like for the cooking part okay. um kitchen could have been set up or because you cannot really use the school kitchen generally during the school day for whatever um i mean you know they have to prepare you know meals for the students And by the time they clear up, it is too late. But where folks can come, classes can come, and be taught not just the, the cooking, but the crafts and things of that nature. Where folks can come to the schools, teach the art of composing the native music, the importance of having them the media, the radio stations, promote some of the locals' music. Do you know that for this year, so far, I have heard, I think, only WGOD and WSTA play the Voices of Love, the Starlights, um, the Dread Ones, the New Hornet Men's Chorale, and the dozens of Virgin Islands, Christmas compositions, the 10 sleepless nights. I mean, there is so much Virgin Islands music that has been done for the holidays. There is so much Virgin Islands music that is done. Instead of it being done just maybe a half an hour on a um, thing, I can't do too much other than ask these people to do more with the music. I, I I implore them. I beg them. But um, unless we get the Cultural Heritage Institute revived, because their mission was to be community-wide, you see, promoting the culture on all three islands. And unless the governor um, revived the Cultural Heritage Institute, unless they... they the governor require of the Department of Education to bring forward the Division of Cultural Education. We are going to be in trouble. It, does, it will not take much to do this. All the offices have to do is be established staffed. Because the Division of Cultural Education has a list of at least a 100 tradition bearers in all areas of Virgin Islands culture. And that's not the complete list. And these people will work, you know. But why ask them to come out for free? Give them a white name. Give them something for their, um, you know, an honoraria for their um, services. The young people, when they go and tell stories with me, they don't do it for any thank you. They are compensated because it is very important that they understand that in addition to, a, to a, a sentimental value, there is a financial value as well.
0: Yes, that is very important, and it's, we definitely need to teach our children that, so that
1: is important. Yes, yeah, so the institutions are there. The government just has to, to bring them forward, and I will volunteer to help um, get them Running and running properly, it can't be run the way they are. Well,
0: you definitely will oh be God. an asset to, to lead and to assist to get things going in the right direction.
1: Yes, I am ready.
0: Okay, that's good. And I know that there, someone's hearing this, or someone will tag someone that so they too can hear this as well. So, are we ready to play some some another song? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I'll tell you what will you know my brother uh his name is James Hedrington, and uh, he composed a few songs on the album and that's why i'm you know I'm so sorry that um, you're unable to to, uh, to do that uh, piece um but i uh, It, uh, it is Christmas time again. We will hear the same refrain. With Christmas choirs echoing, singing praises to His name. Voices and feet will tell the song and on and on and on and on. But. <laughs> I, that's why, man, I wish I had to record it, because well, I, I didn't you know, have the thing, but, but he did a wonderful set of um, Christmas music. You know for that. CD here. And, oh, yes.
0: Well, tell them how they can buy your CD.
1: Well, they can call me at 340-774-6361, and they can get it. They can call New Harnot Moravian Church to get the Men's Chorale CD at seven seven five three two five five, And I'm telling you, this is, the, you know, we have just so much of wonderful music out there that, that, that people need um, to hear. And, you know, going back to the Challenge of carols, if you don't mind. Go, just go right second. ahead.
0: Go right ahead. And, you know,
1: I remember there was a group that came out of French tongue. And they would come to the Challenge of carol. And what they would do is they would take social and political issues and, man, they would make a Christmas, you know, thing out of it. You know, a a play on words, a pun, a lot of forget the the proper term they would use. But when they got through singing that song, you know, I mean, like, for instance, I mean, I, I... an example would have been like, like when uh, uh, I forgot which governor was in office. Um, it was uh, all I want for Christmas is for for the senators to get along. All I want for Christmas is my retro pay, you know, and, and and this kind of thing where they would just take and and but these guys they were very very good. People would come out every year just to hear them. There were others. Um, Celestina White started the hapless, hopeless carolers. And boy, later on, man, when they come out, people would be there just to see these guys dress up in their quaint outfits. And again, they were very political, but it was fun with them. So the challenge of carols has survived 44 years. Regrettably, we won't be out this year because of the COVID. We'll bring out the the one from last year and um, do that. And, uh, you know, let people see what was done last year. Because I was in West Africa last year, so I missed it. But I'm glad to, you know, to be here, to see it for myself what it did last year. But... The one story, Israel? <laughs> this one do have a song in it. Okay. Yeah, it does have a song at the end. It have a song at the end. But after King Obstinate came out with his song, it dawned on me that a long, long time ago, way back when fowl had teeth, and this is before there was a Santa Claus. There was Father Christmas. Well, Father Christmas decided he wanted to spend some time out of the West Indies. So, he gone way up north. Way up north. Well, when it gets so cold up there, Father Christmas Realize, oh, geez some bread this Christmas Eve. So he got to come back down here. Well, somebody gave him, I think it was some Eskimo or something, gave him a sled, And they gave him some real rain there. And he had some dust in his pocket. throw it on them, and them boy, Father Christmas decided he, he had to take off because he had to give out a ton load of gift way down in the tropics first. And then before he went south, wait a school, and then not before Christmas Day. Well, halfway when he reached someplace in the area we know today as Florida, it started to get warm. Well, there was some big fat rain there, you understand me? And they start to lose weight. Well, coming further, farther down, farther down, them boys start to drop out of the arm um, thing. So before, you know it, just before they reach the area not of St. John, Ranganigada someplace, the sleigh start to follow the air because the rain there them start to drop out. Well, it, it glide right down just north of St. John on a beach just um facing Tatola. Well, when you look for the Christmas, barely make it to land. They slay halfway in the water, and he wonder how he gonna get this thing do. Well, the reindeer them end up so maga, and for some reason, they shrink. They get small. That's why you see all them day and thing. Oh, Tom, don't bother one thing. That's how they get here. Well, them boy was enjoying the sweet guava, very bush and thing. They forget all about Father Christmas. So now he's trying to figure out how he's going to get these presents around. Because it wasn't gift and they were present. They used to call them back in them days. So Father Christmas, see two little fellows, Edwin and Ashton. So he explained to them the dilemma he in. So they said, Well, you know, we have a donkey here. And we see the thing out in the water gonna call some people to help pull it out the water he said but i don't want how you go it ain't have enough time well edwin tell ashton look you know how to talk donkey talk to the donkey and tell him go find some others because them little margarine they can't carry uh, and a Christmas and a sleigh. Well, when um, I think what Ashton talked to the donkey, the donkey started to bust out a big laugh, drop down on the ground. So the other donkey, them asked him now what it is, what it and all of them on the ground dying with a laugh because they want to know with their size, even if they hit him, how they going to fly? Well, them boys decided, well, OK, we going to help out Ashton because he's our boy. And in helping out Ashton now, they pull the sleigh out of the water, bring it up and land all the donkey. Them, they, them boys still laughing. Well, Father Christmas jumped in the sleigh. You understand? And he take out. He still had a little bit of the dust in his pocket. When he threw it over it, then boys stop laughing because they start to float and start to ball out. And that's when Ashton tell them, Listen, Father Christmas go stay are you and carry him, carry him from here, wherever it is he got to go. So strange enough what happened was it had some young donkey next to them um, and they had one to go along. So Father Christmas threw some dust on them. So they strap on back of the sleigh. So what happened was a couple of them when they reached over Antigua, them boys see what a nice place it was. And they threw off the rope that had them tied in the back and they went down. So that's how donkey get to Antigua. And apparently that's how donkey get here. And that's why King Abstinate does sing oh 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 ho ho how did Santa get air we have no rain there in our country he had no follow he never donkey oh ho 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 ho, ho, ho. How them donkey get here? But more than that, oh, 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 you hear him. How did Santa get here? (laughs) I
0: so enjoyed that. So, Mr. Davis, is Voices of Love, I know we're having COVID and so forth, but will there be any performances this year
1: by Voices of Love? No, I don't think so because uh we were actually trying to do a virtual challenge of carols this year. But the it became very difficult for the um for us to meet a December eighth deadline to have the choirs ready and and taped um for WTJX so that um we would have been able to test the waters with um with you know distancing okay, and rehearsing and things like that. So that created quite a, a bit of a problem for us. Uh, just give me a, a second quickly.: Okay.
0: But Mr. Davis has this CD here.:
1: Uh-huh. Okay. Uh,
0: yeah. Right this CD is from um, Quabina Davis and James, wishing you a happy Christmas and a, yeah. a merry, happy holidays and a merry, uh, happy New Year. So this is one of the great CDs with great songs, as Are We Welcome? Are You Ready for the Season? Jesus, the Savior, was born. It is our Christmas time again. Look okay. over so this is definitely something for you to get. Go ahead, sing your
1: oh. other song, Mr. David. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm going to do a piece of one of the songs. And this is one of them, um, because it raises a few questions. And I, I think that these are issues and things we should think about. When is the, the one song, Are You Ready? Are you ready for this blessed season? Did you bury that ugly memory of someone who lied on you? Did you forgive the mock breaker who constantly spied on you? Did you remember the frail and the elders and those who live alone? Did you remember those in the dark and on them your light you shone? If you did, you so ready, ever, ever ready, we ain't teasing. It's so pleasing to be ready for this blessed season. Then you're ready for this blessed
0: season. You know, it gives you. I listened to that one today, and that I think is my favorite.
1: Yeah, because, you know, we we want people to ponder that it is more than about giving out gifts. You know, it's more than about uh, the kind of decorations you may have, you know, around. But you know, do a little soul searching and in truth, just be ready for for, for the season. And for people who want that, who want sweet bread, don't forget, give me a call. The wife will be ready for you this season.
0: and a privilege. I so am humbled by this. I enjoyed it. You made me laugh. <laughs> you made me reflect. I so enjoyed listening to all some of our um, local traditions. I know that it was you have a wealth of knowledge and I pray that everything become, gets to be revived so we can definitely have all of that knowledge that you have and you definitely need to be published. You Hi. need to be published.
1: I will, I will try, because I, I have started to, to make some notes, you know, with the hope. because let me tell you, St. Croix has a magnificent set of traditions as well, and yeah. I just hope that someone can come and share some of those things with you. People like um, Edgar O'Lake, um, Gerard Emmanuel, they would be able to direct you to people who would be able to help share a lot of the Christmas traditions over there. I remember after Hurricane Hugo, the voices of love went over there to spread joy. And we were taken around to many homes. A safari took us around. And the homes, I mean, the just the spirit of the season, the wonderful, unique foods, you know, and drinks, the hospitality, the camaraderie. It really says, you know, the, there's a beauty in our difference, but it tells us that we are still one unique yes. and blessed Virgin Island. You know, even on St. John, we were hoping from last year, we were hoping to go to St. John, but then regrettably, they, um, with the whole COVID thing, we, we couldn't uh, organize it because St. John had a wonderful Christmas tradition too, you know. They used to love serenading and things like that, too. You know, and regrettably, again, boy, this COVID, it really uh, did a job on us. But But we just hope that people will still do things in the home, you know, to keep the season
0: going. And they can create their, you know, new traditions. They can create that as they go on. Listen,
1: That's right.
0: Like what you've done, create memories, and those memories
1: become their traditions. That's right, because, you know, like Dr. Lesmore, Emmanuel said, culture is not static, it's dynamic. And all you have to do is keep adding to it. Yes. You know, but, but let the root, let the, the, the meat of who we are continue to, to, uh, to come out there. All like the Ingberry tree, our original Christmas tree. I saw some of the, the, of, of the trees the other day going out along the state Charlotte Amalia, but, um, you know, I got to speak to the family about maybe next year, you know, as they grow, as they get a little bit bigger. And over in New Hornet, I didn't have a chance to go over there and, you know, search for any. But that Inberry tree is something. We also need to cultivate and encourage people to bring back, you know, because that was the Virgin Islands. Christmas tree. I mean later on people adopted the Carreta, the century plant um, thing. Yes. And you know. That's and then amazing. of course the American pine came in. And then again it's more convenient for people to, you know, just buy one of the, uh, the American trees. And, you know, it's convenient, but you know, we also you know it would be nice if we, you know, could create opportunities. Where we could display the trees in public, you know, where we can get like uh, a number of them, we take them down to the Emancipation Garden. You know, you set them up. Different schools decorate those trees because you know we used to have the Christmas trees decorations in the garden, yes. uh, where the various schools will come out and, and come trees, the yes. trees, you know, and we wish to see things like that. You know come back next year
0: well as we revive and we rebuild and things get better and safer for us to get together and congregate you know yeah. the ideas that you brought forth today we can definitely bring those into fruition right because oh, you're, yes. you're the herb the value the root one of the roots of our virgin islands and you're one and you're reaching many so you're the one, reach one, teach one, right? That's and right. So I know I've benefited from you here today. I've learned a lot. And I am so appreciative of my mobby <laughs> My CD. All right. And um, the star apple tart that I'll be getting. Not for me because I can't have it, but. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. I definitely will be get one as well. So I just want to say happy holidays to you and yours, Mr. Davis. Continue being a staple, a melody of the Virgin Islands. Continue sharing your stories and enlightening us and empowering us because those stories are empowering. Your music is empowering. Your knowledge is empowering. You yourself are empowering. I thank you. Continued blessings to you and yours. Happy holidays.
1: Thank you very much for having me you
0: welcome. I'll see you guys next time on Let's Talk About You. Our next show will be December 20th. We'll be right here at Let's Talk About You. I'm your host, Camilla
1: Francis. Thank you for joining us. Good night.